For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. All right, on today's show, we're going to explore Facebook updates, including the ability to have multiple profiles on Facebook. And when I first heard of this as a human, I thought, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. But as marketers, there's some great opportunities here for us. Also, Meta Verified is coming to Facebook business pages. Is it worth it? It is at a higher price point than it was on personal profiles. And how are they using their AI research and development? Now you can get advice from Snoop Dogg. We'll explain what that's all about as well. All coming up right now. My name is Jerry Potter, host of the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a production from Social Media Examiner, where we break down the latest social media news and what it means for marketers like you. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Today, I'm joined by Allie Bloyd. Allie is host of the Marketing Inc. podcast and founder of Allie Bloyd Media, a leading training and consultancy for small businesses that specializes in social advertising. Allie, welcome back to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Always excited to be here with you, Jerry. So you always get me so excited about Facebook ads. And so let's start with some of these Facebook ad updates, uh, some new tools, some new ad placements. Uh, Update us on what uh, Meta has been rolling out to Facebook ads. Yeah, so there's a couple of things uh, that they are doing, particularly for the holiday season. So one of those things that they are going to actually allow you to schedule your budgets based on when you believe you're going to get higher traffic or higher engagement. So for example, if you know that Black Friday is huge for you, you can actually schedule more of your budget to go towards ads during that time period, as opposed to what we typically have, which is going to be either a daily budget or a lifetime budget. So I'm actually pretty excited about this for a couple of reasons. You know, we've had the ad scheduling availability for quite a while in terms of the hours of the day and the days of the week and things like that. But we've not been able to schedule with different budgets. So I have several of my clients who always get more leads, more appointments, more sales over the weekend. And because of this, we're going to be able to actually funnel more money into the ads on the weekend if we choose, as opposed to just keeping the budget the same every day or feeling like you have to go in there and mess with your ads on a regular basis, which you definitely don't want to do. So I think it's going to be great for anything that is holiday related or promotion related, but I also think it's going to be great for people who simply see different times of the week or days of the week that have a stronger demand for their products and services. Um, So I think that one is a really, really cool one. They've definitely been pushing people into more of these machine learning options. 
such as uh, Advantage Plus shopping campaigns. That's one that has gotten a lot of, you know, really great feedback uh, from those that have used it so far. Uh, I also think we're going to see a lot more of those machine learning features being introduced into the platform. So the Advantage audiences is something that is relatively new as well. This is something where they are really just kind of taking the data from your account, from your pixel, and it's going to choose the audiences that it believes that you should be running to. So for some of us, it's a it's a scary thing. You know, we've always had quite a lot of control over audience targeting. Obviously, over the last couple of years, they've removed some of those targeting options. But even still, you know, the audiences are are important, and we've always considered that a, a top priority in terms of testing. But now they're really saying, hey, you should give us the reins. You should let us find the audiences that will work best for you. So I have used it. I've had mixed results. In terms of cost, you can get some really good cost. In terms of quality, it it depends on what you do and what you're looking for. So I feel that those can be really great if you've got an actual physical product that you're selling. What we've seen with advertisers who are looking to generate scheduled calls and maybe like higher ticket products and services, you might get more leads or leads at a lower cost. You might get a good cost per schedule. Um, So that's one of the things that they've introduced. They also are adding some cool AI tools that I think are going to assist people when it comes to creation of different ad creatives. So I know that's something that we're going to talk about a little bit more. Um, but those are a couple of the new features that have come out on the ad side. So I love, you know, the thing I always like to remind myself and other people is that, you know, we think we know our audiences, right? We've done research and we know, you know, so and we can target those interests and job titles and all those great things in ads manager. But ultimately on the back end, meta and the algorithm know things we don't know, like all of our people you know, who are looking for accounting services also happen to be into yoga or whatever it might be. And so so it'll be interesting to see how those things evolve because obviously over the last year, all of us have had our minds blown at least once by what AI can do. On the part you were talking about where you can set different ad budgets depending on the days, can you do that also depending on like the time of day? So for example, um, you could spend more uh, in the middle of the night if you were targeting, you know, nursing moms or, you know, something like that. So it does appear that we can do that. So we can select multiple time periods. This is still something that is, you know, rolling out to everybody. So some people may have this feature in their account right now. Some people may not. But it does look like we're going to be able to have quite tight control in terms of when our budget is spent. So again, previously, the option was, are your ads going to run? during this time period in general. Like if you if you schedule those, it's like your ads are running or your ads are not running. So now I think this gives us a lot of additional control in terms of, hey, we don't want to shut our ads off completely, but maybe these time periods we don't want to spend as much or other time periods we really want to funnel more of our budget because we know that's when we're likely to get the best results. Yeah. Well, lower cost of acquisition. I mean, all kinds of things can vary. So that's great. It also feels kind of like one of those things they could have had years ago. (laughs) Like it didn't require AI to add that setting, but here we are. Okay. So speaking of ads, uh, what would Facebook look like without ads? And this is something that they are testing in one part of the world. Update us on uh, what this thing Meta is talking about, a Facebook without ads. Yes. So this is really in response to the different privacy 
lawsuits and changes that have happened in the EU. Um, they are really trying to crack down on data privacy from social media companies. And this has been kind of a long battle that's been going on. So this is really something that Meta is reluctantly having to consider because if some of these changes go into effect in the EU, they're not going to be able to drive advertising revenue in the EU in the same way that they've been able to do. So these platforms have one or two options. They can either make money from the end user or they can make money from advertising. They can also try and do it both ways. So the you know, the decision to do this really doesn't feel like it's anything Meta wants to do. But if they lose the ability to really effectively run their advertisers' ads in the EU, then they're going to have to find another way to monetize that. So I don't know how many people are going to opt in for this. I think it's something that only time will really tell. And also, if this is actually going to roll out, you know, we're not 100% sure but it does feel like it may need to because they do not seem to be backing down in terms of their new laws and their new proposed regulations. So um, this is just going to be, I think, a financial response for Meta to try and get the revenue where they're likely going to lose it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of bizarre to think about when it first and you know, when I first saw this. But at the same time, like I pay for the ad free version of some of the streaming services because you know once you sort of become accustomed to not having ads in TV shows, you're like, okay, well that's worth the extra few bucks a month. But um, it, it, yeah, this would definitely be an interesting move. And if they did it all at once, um, you know, it would be the consumers who would decide, right? Is there going to be a mass exodus or a bunch of good people going to say, oh, this is how I keep up with family and friends and brands. And so I'm going to, you know, stay here and hang out. And unlike YouTube premium to compare, like you can pay to have an ad for YouTube experience um, on YouTube, they use some of the premium money to still pay the people that are, you know, creating that content and things like that. Yeah. Well, I also think the big difference between the streaming platforms and the social platforms is when you're on something like YouTube, you're there to watch a specific piece of content and the ads actually disrupt your specific piece of content. Most of the time you might see ads in different placements, but it's, you know, going to be in front of that ad. It's going to, or the ad's going to be in front of that video. It's going to be in the middle of that video. And so it is more of a disruption. But when you're on social, you're looking at a lot of different pieces of content. You're not necessarily there to watch that one thing or to watch, you know, a series or something like that. And so I think ultimately ads on social, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan, but I don't think they're nearly as bothersome or disruptive as they are on the streaming platforms. So I don't necessarily know that it's something that users are, are dying to have. Again, I think this is really just going to be a, a response that Meta has to potentially implement based on those regulations. You know, if people are not going to pay for an ad-free platform, I think the question really becomes, well, what then? You know, are they not going to be able to have an account at all? Or will they still be getting ads, but they're just not going to be very personalized? So in so many ways, the lack of ability to do ad personalization really ruins the user experience and in a lot of circumstances. So I think that the more relevant ads are to you, the less intrusive or bothersome you feel that they are. And it is a great way to discover new products and services and things that you'll really like. 
based on what you are actually in need of or, or interested in. And so I think if they do not opt to the ad-free version, what will Meta look like for those users? You know, are they going to be able to have it at all? Or is it just going to be more of a blanket advertising type of deal where, you know, they don't really have a lot of user data to be able to target? And so will advertisers just kind of spray their message to anyone in a geographic area or just, a, you know, anyone in the country that they're serving in general? So they're also talking about giving people the ability to, you know, they already have the ability to opt out of the tracking, but actually requiring that everyone opt in. So like by default, they will be opted out and they have to intentionally go and opt in for that in order to be able to get personalized ads. So my thing has been really since iOS 14 and when that tracking opt-in and opt-out was introduced, what I don't think that Meta has done a good job of is really saying, here's why it's better for you, the consumer, if you do have this turned on. You know, here is how we're using your data and here is the only way that we're using your data. It's not privacy violations. It's to make your experience better. Here are circumstances where people find things that they love based on the advertising, not where we're spying on you and selling your data and things like that. So I really think it is going to be imperative that they as a company put more effort into convincing the public why it's in their best interest to be opted in. Because by default, we want to opt out, particularly with all of the, you know, the data leaks and the different privacy issues that have happened over the years. People are kind of opposed to it, not opposed to personalized ads, because I don't know that it would be a better experience for anyone without it. Uh, but I think just the fact that they don't feel confident that they know how these companies are using their data and they haven't been given a persuasive argument as to why it's in their best interest. It would be interesting to see Meta run a essentially a PR campaign to show people that because so much of it does come, you know, around the language. Like I, I'm somebody who opts into all the tracking because I just want to see, OK, what am I going to see and what are they doing and all of that. But, you know, when like you mentioned, iOS and Apple phones, I mean, it literally says, Hey, do you want us to ask these people not to track you? You know, and it's like, they might as well be saying, do you want to make sure these people can't hear your private conversations like the, you know, but if they instead said, you know, Hey, would it be okay if they show you stuff you like, you know, so much of it is just in the language. So one thing is for sure, things are changing and they may be changing faster in marketing than they've ever uh, has ever happened. And so if you're feeling a lot of pressure around that, you know, um, we've got AI, we've got Twitter becoming X and of course, threads from Instagram, having people you can talk to in person has never been more important. So imagine surrounding yourself with marketers. You know, we're also working through all of this. The best place in the world to do that is the 11th annual social media marketing world, which is coming soon. Um, you'll discover new marketing strategies in an immersive environment designed by and for marketers. You can secure your ticket right now at socialmediamarketing.world, marketing. Dot world, and that's where uh, Allie and I got to meet at uh, at this year's event as well. So one of the big announcements, this has been being tested for I don't know how long, but now it's rolling out to everyone, is this ability to have multiple profiles on Facebook. So first kind of explain how that looks and, and, and how that works, and then any insights you have from a marketing standpoint around that too. Yeah, so I do think this is a very interesting change because in the past, having multiple personal profiles was a big no-no for Meta. 
They didn't want you to do that. And they would actually, um, you know, penalize and sometimes shut down the accounts of people who had multiple personal profiles. Not always, but it definitely was not something that was encouraged. Now they are shifting to the opinion that, you know, it's a good thing to keep things separate sometimes. And let's say that you are a business owner, but you don't want to have your business personal profile and your personal personal profile the same. You might want to keep business contacts, business relationships, you know, potential leads and prospects in one profile, along with content that is focused on business. So maybe you've joined groups for your business through this profile. Maybe you, you know, are engaging with more ads that are business related in that profile. So you're going to see more of that. Uh, maybe there are pages that you follow. So that's one use case is business versus personal. We all know, or at least most of us know, that a business page, if you're engaging in groups as a business page or trying to communicate with individuals through a business page, it usually does not work very well because Facebook is a personal, it's a personal platform and people want to be talking to a person if you're having a real conversation. And so doing it as a business has always felt like super self-promotional and just like a little weird and spammy, you know, particularly if you're joined groups under the page name and different things like that. So I think this gives people, particularly business owners, a great opportunity to separate those two profiles still have the personal profile that's focused on business. And then maybe just have that real personal profile where it's people that you know in real life, family, friends. Maybe you want to share more about, you know, your kids or just different hobbies that you have. So then other options would be just different hobbies and, and things that are of interest to you, having different profiles that are separated out for that. So with Instagram in particular, the content that you engage with on your profile impacts how the algorithm responds to you and your content. So let's say you're a business owner, but all the content that you're consuming is not related to business or your ideal avatar. Maybe it's, you know, it's all about baking or it's, you know, it's all about parenting. If those are the pieces of content that you're actively engaging with on the platform, it will not really show your content to the right audience. So in that same way, people have recommended for a while that if if you have these other areas of interest and you're a business profile, you need to separate those out. You need to have another Instagram profile where that content is what you're commenting on and engaging with and looking up. And you want to keep your other business profile really focused on your ideal market. Those are the types of accounts that you want to be engaging with and, and looking up. So I think on that same note, I don't know why it wouldn't apply in some ways to the Facebook profile. It's the same company. So if the content that you're engaging with and the types of people that you're engaging with and those pages that you're interacting with are in a certain niche, then they're going to send you more of that. And so this is a great way to make sure that your experience on the different pages is set up for what you're actually looking to see, learn, or engage with on any given day. Yeah. And, you know, I, from, a, from a marketer standpoint, one thing I think that it will definitely happen is if people do do this and they use it for hobbies and things like that, like you said, then the audience data on, on each 
Facebook user will probably get even stronger, which is obviously good news for marketers. Now, as a person, I you know first heard about this when they were testing it, and I was like, oh, that just sounds like more work. Why would I want that? Um, but I, I sat down and I'm thinking about this week and just kind of brainstorming. It's like, well, what are the ways we could use this as uh, marketers? And a couple of these are, you know, in the gray area, I think ethically. But, um, you know, one was, you know, if you've got multiple authorities or one of your clients has multiple authorities or specialties, now you could have one for, you know, each of them, you know, and a long, uh, a long trick in, I know, the real estate world and probably other markets is, you know, where a real estate agent will have six business cards. And they each have a different specialty on them. So you're at a party and somebody's like, yeah, I'm really looking for a house in the water. And they're like, oh, I'm a waterfront specialist. Here, take my card. And five minutes later in the same room, yeah, we've never bought a home before. We're really nervous. Oh, I specialize in first-time home buyers. Here, take my card. And it says first-time home buyer. And especially if you are engaging in different groups. Now, we did get the ability to kind of customize our profiles and groups before, but now you could go um, all in on this. So I think that's an opportunity. Um, I think, you know, you were talking about how the algorithm shifts to what you're looking at and researching. And from an agency standpoint, if you had certain verticals or a niche that you specialized in or multiples, then you could have a profile that was basically full of inspiration just for that niche. And so you could go through and, and get ideas. And so I kind of like that because part of this, you know, is the ability to have a feed that's just that stuff, you know, whatever you decide to follow and and uh, engage with. One was, uh, you know, you could create a profile and get into your competitor's world, and that's definitely questionable from an ethics standpoint. Um, you know, for people that re rely on referrals and and kind of keeping a, a tight sphere, you could have a feed of just people that were your hottest prospects and your current clients, and so. If you just wanted that kind of thing where you were going through and engaging with them, you know, to wish them a happy birthday or comment on their their kid's graduation or, you know, pregnancy, whatever those kind of things are. So that could be good. Um, as a group admin, this is one that popped into my head. I do not like delivering bad news to people. I'm I'm very much a people pleaser. And so if you admin a group, I, one of the things that popped in my head was having another profile who is the one that kicks people out or warns people or something like that, right? So, yeah, so you can, if you don't want to be the villain in your group, and especially if you're the face of your group and your company. Um, and then, you know, th this popped into my head. We're seeing all these people that are now creating brands around AI personas. And so maybe you would have a profile that was attached to your AI persona if you are headed in that direction. So it'll it'll be interesting. Obviously, the consumer behavior has to follow, but, but I don't think they would have moved forward after this much time. It seems like they've been talking about this for over a year now. Um, and I don't think they would have moved forward if it wasn't obviously enough interest there for that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think we'll see because in theory, I think there are some great use cases, but will people spend the time to create the second profile? Will people spend the time to build the friends list, to join the groups, to post the content? Like, are you know, I think it comes down to like what you are using it for. So again, like you mentioned with the Facebook group admin, that's something that doesn't really need a lot of content on the profile and all the things, you know, it, it is just this separate entity that you can kind of keep <clears throat> separated from yourself. But if you are trying to do these different pages for these different verticals, you know, you don't want to be a profile that's got nothing on it. You don't want to be a profile that isn't engaging with people or connected to people if you want people to see you as legit. So my question would be, do you start at zero? Do you, do you have no friends? Can you migrate friends over? Um, how does that actually look? I don't know that I'm going to set up a second profile. Would the time ever come where I would? I don't know. 
Yeah, I recorded a tutorial for one this week. And so I went through and I created a second profile and you can have a different name. It doesn't have to be a real name, cover photo, like all of the stuff. But you start with zero friends. And when I was in there, there wasn't even like, you know, the recommendation algorithm giving me stuff. It was just like, hey, follow some people. And it will suggest the people that are your friends on your regular profile to start. But I think that's just quite a bit of work. Again, depending on what you're using it for, like what the purpose is for you. Um, that could be good. One other use case could be like, let's say you have people that do sales for your company or, you know, prospecting or whatever. If your business actively connects with leads and scheduled appointments and things like that currently, your salespeople might want to have a second profile because maybe they want to, you know, have their own thing. Obviously it's their real profile. It's their real life, but maybe in terms of how they present themselves online as a representative of your business, they could have something that's separate that really is focused on the company that they work for, that they could reach out to leads or prospects that they've been talking to or working with through that profile so they don't have to mix it in with their regular content. So I do think there are some use cases. Again, for me personally, Probably I'm not going to take the time unless it just becomes a pressing need, which I don't know if it would, um, because that is, you know, it's one more profile. It's it's more work than having one. So I think it could be great for some and then just not really necessary for others. So Meta Verified has been out for a while for Facebook and Instagram profiles and has been met kind of with with mixed reviews. And uh, but now uh, Meta Verified is coming to Facebook business pages. So what have you seen about this? How is it going to work? How is it going to be different? Yeah, so I think that they saw pretty quickly that the Meta Verified on profiles drove a lot of revenue that they didn't have before. You know, they were really inspired to do that after, you know, X slash Twitter did this and they generated, I can't remember the exact number, but it was like 65 million. I don't know. It was a lot of money in like the first day. So it was a lot of money, short time period. I think businesses are their, their next opportunity to do this. So what you're going to have is some similar things to what you've got on personal profile verification, such as increased support, identity protection, things like that. Um, in terms of the support, I haven't heard that the paid support has really been that good on the personal profiles. So I do think businesses, however, would be a lot more excited to get that support because a lot of the time they are advertising. So my question would be on the business profile verification, is there increased advertiser support or is it just profile support? Because most of the time people don't need just profile support. Um, it does say that they're going to have additional troubleshooting options that businesses can use. One thing that I do think is really great is that you will get increased visibility in search on Facebook and Instagram. So that's awesome for businesses. Uh, and also the ability to create landing pages in WhatsApp that's discoverable through web search. Um, and you can actually have, you know, multiple employees be able to chat with, respond to leads and customers through the platform. So I think that if they really want to see great results with this, they will add in, you know, some additional features or make some clarifications on exactly what you're getting in terms of the troubleshooting and the tech support side. 
I do think the paid uh, search or the increased search visibility is great, but that would give businesses more incentive to do it. So it's going to be $22 if you're verified on one platform and $35 a month if you're on both. So it's higher cost than the personal profiles. Again, I think there's probably a benefit to doing it depending on the perks that are available. I think they probably just need to talk to some of the advertisers, talk to some of the businesses and ask them like, what would you want? What would you be willing to pay for? Because it is a monthly cost. And anybody who is advertising, if they added better ad support, I think that that would be more than enough reason to get it. Um, But I do think that they they might have to convince some people to get on board with that. But we'll just have to see. I mean, again, with the personal profile, it went, it was an explosion. But I do think that businesses traditionally haven't really cared that much if they're verified, you know, in the traditional sense of how it used to be. It was more that you were verified as a person. Uh, so psychologically, I don't know that businesses care as much. So that is why I feel like as long as the the features or the support or the perks that you're getting are things that advertisers or businesses really want, then it could be awesome. But we'll just have to see. Uh, and, you know, the support that you mentioned, and I know several people, and, and obviously this could have gotten better or worse over time, but I know several people that signed up for Meta Verified on their personal profile. And they were, you know, with a 15-minute chat, able to get back an ad account that they got locked out of two years ago or or that was banned for violating the community guideline or things like that. And so, so if it's like that, and I don't know if you have access to support because you run and manage so many ads, Allie, but I think for certain people that have never been able to talk to anybody at Facebook, it's like, oh, this, that alone can be well, well worth it. So yeah, so we'll see how that, that goes. All right, AI, um, Meta has been very clear that we are going all in on AI. And one of the updates is AI stickers. So what are these AI stickers that they are talking about? Yeah. So these are going to be stickers that basically are a way for you to really say exactly how you're feeling or show what you're feeling and just give it kind of more personal emotions. So for chats and stories, people may be familiar with stickers, but essentially you're going to be able to give it a prompt and tell it exactly what you're looking for. And it's going to create that sticker. So whatever that looks like a llama playing basketball or a a marketer on a surfboard. I don't know how they're going to pull that one off, but whatever it is, like whatever you want it to be, you're just going to give it a couple of words and it's going to put together a new little sticker that is a description of that. So, you know, I guess for people who are using stickers a lot, that could be cool. I don't know that from a business perspective, it has like a crazy impact. Although if you're using them on stories, could get some good feedback, good engagement, things like that. Um, well, here's here's where I think, you know, we've talked a lot about this and we talked about this at Social Media Marketing World this year, like what industries is, you know, AI going to to kill, you know, and specifically this generative AI. And as you were talking about, hey, you type in what you want and it'll create it. And obviously we've, you know, if you've been online, you've seen some terrible AI image generation, but it is, just gets better every month. And so, you know, we may be, at the end of the stock photo and stock video, um, you know, stock photo, stock video footage industry, just because if somebody can type it in and create it, then, you know, that's going to be a tough thing. And then the other part of this, speaking of generating videos and things like that, is this um, AI conversational assistance where you can chat with Snoop Dogg, among other celebrities and non-celebrities as well. So what is Meta rolling out with uh, this and what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, um, so... 
This is going to be, I think, a little bit interesting. We'll have to see how the market responds to it. Essentially, these other social platforms, um, some of them have come out with their own AI assistants. So Snapchat is one that people may have used. I've used it personally. All it really is, is something like ChatGPT, but it's in a little chat inside of the platform. So you don't have to leave the platform to get that type of AI information. So what Meta is doing is trying to, I think, put their own spin on it. They've created like 28 different personas for these AI chatbots. They're interesting in terms of the personas that they've given them. I'm very curious to know how they came up with those, what focus groups were done to, to say, this is the list of what we're going to do, because some of them are a little weird. Um, but they based the actual characters off of what they call, you know, cultural icons and influencers. So there's one based on Kendall Jenner. There's one based on Tom Brady. Like you mentioned, there's one based on Snoop Dogg. So there's these different people that are kind of the, the inspiration, I guess, for these chatbots. However, it is, it's, it's just a little bit funny because you would think if they were using these people as the inspiration, that the people themselves would be kind of the core of the character, but that's not necessarily how it is. So I think Paris Hilton is Amber the detective who specializes in whodunit mysteries. I'm like, I don't know that that's what people think of when they think of Paris Hilton, but you know, I could be wrong. Maybe I just have not been following her close enough to know that she's super into murder mysteries. Um, then there's going to be like a, a golf professional. I think Tom Brady, it's like, he's a fitness coach where he's going to push you to be your very best self or something like this. And I'm like, why wouldn't you make him like a star athlete, football player kind of? Well, at least it's like, it's more related than the Paris Hilton murder mysteries. It is more related, but it's still like, if you're, why are you going to give them a, a separate identity somewhat? If you're creating it based on the character, you would think that it is it's more closely aligned. Um, so there are some similarities, but then there are some some weird ones, I think, that are just a little bit unusual. We haven't tried them yet, so I don't know how that's going to be. So basically, it's just a, it's a, a different way of communicating with AI, and they obviously think that it's going to be successful. I think by giving them these personas, they think it might be more shareable with other people, more fun to communicate. Ultimately, I don't think that people use AI to get personas. And I don't think they use AI to get opinions because it did say that they're going to like have opinions and things like that. That's actually to me, like the antithesis of what people want AI for. They want the information. Um, and ideally it would be unbiased information, but if you're, I can just talk to a real person if I'm looking for personal opinions or Things like that. However, again, I don't know. Maybe it is more fun than just talking to a very straightforward bot, but I guess we'll see. I was on a call with a client this week and she told me that she loves that ChatGPT has gotten to know her name and always addresses her by name and has gotten to know her and her business. And and she and, and she was joking, but she goes, I mean, I really am liking that better than than uh, some of my real friends, you know. So so I think there is something there. Obviously, Meta's goal is to keep people on the platform as long as possible. Um, you know, that's their main goal there. But the tech is pretty amazing, but it'll interesting. It's another one of those things where it's like, okay, is the consumer behavior gonna follow? 
Because the thing it made me think of is when um, Amazon, for their smart speakers, you could go in and you could purchase a celebrity voice to be your smart speaker like Samuel L. Jackson. And I haven't heard anything about that since like the first couple of months that, you know, that it was out. So... Well, yeah. And the funny thing is these chatbots don't have voices, at least not yet. Oh, I thought they did. Are you sure? So it's just going to be written content. I watched a clip and they were, no, they were actually talking. It was their voice. (sighs) I didn't see anything about it. Yeah. And it was a little, it was a little stiff, you know, like you could kind of tell that it was an AI. It wasn't actually Tom Brady, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They're talking. I hope they can tell the difference. Otherwise people are going to be a little bit upset at, you know, oh, Tom Brady told me this and, (laughs) and it's not really a matter Um, of time. Yes. So that is interesting. We'll see. I think, you know, the thing is chat GPT can learn your name and you can teach it things about your business and it doesn't have a personality technically, but it still can feel personal. So I don't know that people need it. I do think they're trying to do something to make it different than what other people have. And they are trying to do something that, like you said, will keep people on platform longer instead of going to chat GPT when they need something. Instead, they'll just be able to do it right there in the app. So I do think they're trying to just differentiate themselves in some way, but also incorporate, you know, these new AI features that some of the other platforms have already started to do. 100%. All right. Just a quick reminder to get your ticket, your all access ticket right now for Social Media Marketing World. Discover new strategies. Stay up to date on all these changes. Go to socialmediamarketing.world. Again, socialmediamarketing.world to grab that. And Allie, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, they can go to alliebloyd.com. That's my website. Or you can find me on YouTube, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Or um, if you want to check out my podcast, the Marketing Inc. podcast is a great place to go on anywhere that you get your podcasts. Awesome. Yeah. And a couple of other podcasts for you to check out, the Social Media Marketing Podcast, as well as the Marketing Agency Show, which is our new show for people who own, run, or work at agencies. You can check those out. And until next time, may you be wise with your marketing decisions. Thanks, everyone. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.